Remember, a toy hut customer can feel the order ship to every country in the world. A zero movement policy and hand-packed orders are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You don't believe in Jet's toy hut, do you? Kid, I've surfed from one side of the internet to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff. But I've never seen anything to make me believe in a place that has the largest selection of Star Wars collectibles in stock on Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk. There's no action figure store that controls my collection's destiny. I suggest you try again, Luke. This time, let go your conscious self and act on instinct. <laughs> With the blast shield down, I can't even see. How am I supposed to order? Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Oops. Stretch out with your feelings. You see, you can do it. I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Jet's toy hut are collectors as well, so they know what the customer expects. You know, I did feel something. I could almost see the seven sizes of custom toy hut boxes. That's good. You've taken your first step into a larger collectible world. And you'll get a free vinyl sticker with every order over $25. Toyhut.com All too easy. Caustic soda, caustic soda, caustic soda. Say our name three times and we might just haunt you. I'm Kevin Leeson. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I have a healthy respect for trains, though. I'm Torn Atkinson. Ghosts aren't real. I'm Joe Fulgham. Ghosts might be real. I'm Chris Stewart, and this is Caustic Soda. Must be time for our annual Halloween episode, uh-huh. which happens once a year. Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Joining us from his containment unit <laughs> at uh, protoncharging.com, Ghostbusters expert and aficionado, and caustic soda regular, Stewie. Hi. So what do you know about ghosts? Yeah, I was he ain't afraid say, of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That's good. That's one thing I've noticed in all those Ghost Hunter channels is they're always afraid of ghosts. Whenever anything spooky yeah. happens, they that's like, well, oh! that's has, the best part. And have any of them ever been injured by a ghost? Is there any? How many? No. How many hospital reports have we got of people being well, harmed by ghosts? If Hollywood has taught me anything, <laughs> it's they can drop a safe on you or something. The Hollywood's lying. Can they? No. The the instances of people being hurt by ghosts. Well, okay. Here we go. I'm now going to like completely mess things up. Okay, do it. What's the definition of ghost? The soul or spirit of a deceased person or animal that can appear in visible form or other manifestation to the living. Yes. Okay. All right. This is about Those right. things have never, like, as far as the records show, hurt anybody. Like, no. Because they don't. They don't exist. Well, let's get that right out in the open. Ghosts aren't real. People well, what, don't have what's spirits. A ghost, Joe. Well, he just said. Yes. The soul or spirit? The soul or spirit. Have you got a soulometer? Has anybody <laughs> measured a soul or a spirit? Has okay. anybody seen one? Egon has. Anybody, has. Have, have we, like a black hole, measured a soul's effects? They weigh 21 grams, I'm told. Yes, it's wonderful that you're coming at it from the hard sciences uh, angle, Joe, and I will come at it from the soft science angle going, well, we've got, like, whatever it is, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of people talking about ghosts. Yep. Now- you can start shoveling away at that, that some of it is wishful thinking, some of it is dreams, some of it is madness, some of it is drugs, etc. 
Mm-hmm. The trick is, is that that can't necessarily account for everything. I can account for everything. The human brain is an incredible pattern matching machine and yes. it often misfires. So it hears things and our brains want to create reasons for everything. Yes. Our brain wants to know why a thing happened. And when we hear a noise, yes. our brain tries to ascribe it to something. Yes. And so we hear it and we go, oh, that's got to be, that sounds like somebody walking, but there's nobody in the house and yes. I can't see anything. It must be somebody walking in the house that I can't see. Who could that be? And then they just it's make up. This is great. It's a you've, ghost. You've, you've, just, you've just pulled an explanation out that fits your definition of what ghosts are, etc. It does not account for everything though. So for example, what of all the stories of more than one person? Mm-hmm. who sees the exact same thing and describes the exact same thing. We've, or different people at different times mm-hmm. describing the exact same thing happening. Right. So there's obviously some kind of similar thing going through with humans, right? I, I think we all match the same kind of things to the, to the I'm not, same I'm kind I'm not of, saying you're wrong. It right. may very well be. And it's an excellent, excellent theory. The trouble is, is that these days, it just gets shut down because let's be honest, a lot of it is farcical. Char- Charles Fort, actually, the way he described it was, Of the 14 times? Yeah. The way he described it is he called it the- procession of the damned, which is there's a An giant awesome Iron pile Maiden of album. information. Science in general, when it decides it knows what something is or dismisses something as not what a lot of people think it is, just ignores piles and piles and piles and piles of data. And his point is, is that I think he called some of it was harlots, uh, freaks, and buffoons. Mm, and that, so- and that sounds account, like a fun party. That accounts for, yeah, a lot of stories, right? You, it's the old joke about the guy who sees a UFO who's like a backcountry yokel sort of thing. Like, it's just, there's going to be lots of goofy, goofy stuff. There's going to be a lot The of fact stuff. that aliens love to kidnap people who live in trailer parks yeah. for some reason? Whatever. The, the point is, is all of that will be very, very distracting to the point that somewhere's in the middle of it, there are these one or two outlier little anomaly stories that is a lot harder to apply and again, it, it, like, it may not be anything at all. Something may actually explain it. That's great. But it is this one thing that doesn't comfortably fit into what everybody generally says. Does it uncomfortably fit? It could. Because I think that's Joe's Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is there will, there will always be anomalies. Yeah. Well. I would agree with that. But to go from anomaly to it's this thing that nobody's ever registered and it's the spirit of a deceased well, here's, person. Well, here's the thing. Is and, a and huge leap. Yeah. Well. I'm standing in the I'm standing in the middle point. Like this is where mm-hmm. I've always liked to stand with. The thing is, is I'm not saying it's a ghost. I'm not saying it's a spirit. I'm not saying it's somebody's soul. Fortians say that what it is, it's something, and it hasn't necessarily been properly explained by everything else that's been thrown at it. Okay, what do they use to define the term "thing"? Is it made out of atoms or energy? Because I don't think anybody's ever measured any of that either. And we know that most things are made out of yeah. atoms. Not yet. Yeah, we just might not have the machine to do it yet. Well, okay. Here's the thing. They're, they're making the sniff test. They're making noises, right? I mean, you either see it or you make, or well, we're before, making noise, before we right? Because we went right, we went right out the gate into a debate, uh, like yeah. to arguing whether ghosts exist or not. And I came through the door. I was, I was actually going to try and walk a middle ground, and then Joe got all fucking sciencey. He got his, hack, his science yeah. hackles up. Well, God I think, damn, facts getting in the way. I think Torn might have some uh, stuff about what they do and what kind of spirits they are and all the all rest. Right. That well, time, this is right? the thing. This is the muddy part I was trying to come up with because you opened with like people getting hurt by ghosts. Mm-hmm. by the one definition of a ghost no nobody's been hurt by ghosts but there's this other part that actually is more like this is caustic soda someone's gonna get hurt yeah well, they're gonna get hurt by belief in ghosts yeah well, hurt by looking for them like i yeah. guess we'll touch on that later Instead yeah. but there's this thing there's this there's this other bit that 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 is more ascri- uh, what it 
you got stuff like things moving in the house. Is it a ghost? I'm doing air quotes so everybody knows. Yeah. Is it a ghost? Is it a demon? Because there's lots of stories of like evil spirits. It's which a predator is more, in a camo suit. In a camo suit. <laughs> Hurting people and stuff like that. Well, instead of talking abstracts, why don't we talk about specifics? Let's talk about specifics. Okay. Well, first I got to get out of the way that ghost comes from the Proto-Indo-European root geis, G-H-E-I-S, which means to excite, amaze, and frighten. Oh, excite, mm. amaze, and frighten. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of, it, it, it takes into account the whole like adrenaline rush. I think so. Frightened. Now, ghost as a word itself is neutral. Malevolent ghosts are also known as phantasms, shades, wraiths, and specters. Mm-hmm. So those are the baddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spectre coming from the Latin spectrum, which meaning a vision or apparition. All right. Okay. And apparition, of course, coming from the root appear, meaning to bring forth. The phobia of ghosts? Who knows? You must know this, Stewie. The phobia of ghosts? You would know because you're no, not, I'm afraid not afraid of, of no ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it ectophobia? Close. Phasmophobia. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not to be confused with spectrophobia, which is a fear of light. Mirrors. Oh, okay. Or a certain brand of old televisions. (laughs) That's right. Now, I'd like to talk about some ghosts in other cultures, just so we're not totally whitocentric here. Yeah, okay, got it. In Japan, yokai. Y-O-K-I-A-I, sorry, Y-O-K-A-I from Japan, made up of the kanji for otherworldly and weird. Ooh. Now, Tsukomogami are an entire class of yokai comprising ordinary household items that have come to life on their 100th birthday. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, like, they get their own soul then. They get their own spirit. This, so when my toaster sounds... oven turns 100, yeah. it's going to come to life? It'll come to life. I'm really, oh. I'm really upset now because I actually just threw out, my, my dad gave me his old- uh, And it was 99 years his old. old work toaster. Now it's in the dump, partying up with yeah. the rest of the- uh, See, I th- I thought, well, uh, there's no such thing as slime. I'll never get my toaster to dance. Oh. So had I known if I waited 100 years. And uh, specifically, uh, there is the story of the shirime. Long ago, a samurai was walking at night down the road when he heard something calling out for him to wait. Wait. When he turned around, he <laughs> saw a man stripping off his clothes and uh, pointing what? his bare buttocks. Oh. A huge glittering eye then opened up where the strange man's anus should have been. Okay. What? That's the story of the shirime. Um, is he in- sure he didn't just wander past a bathhouse? Maybe. <laughs> it was a big eye, though, and glittering. <laughs> maybe the guy had one of those diamond butt plugs in. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> Someone who was pooing out the giant eye they'd swallowed <laughs> like, the night before. Like, okay, call me a skeptic, but it's far more likely that the guy had a butt plug in his ass that had an eye on the back and that he was a weirdo exhibitionist and he bent over and you, showed him the butt plug because that's how he got off. You know, then that there are ghosts that nobody else has ever seen. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't think certain older stories necessarily we need to be scientifically explained. Like in another hundred years, nobody has to scientifically explain Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so from Malaysia, Hantu Tetek means breast ghost. Ooh, that sounds like my favorite. This ghost is a female ghost and uses her giant breasts, which are on her back instead of her front. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You said breast ghost, and I said Mike's going to say something. And then oh. when you said the breasts are on the back, I said Mike's going to say something, or Kevin's going to say something. Oh. Sorry, Mike. Uh-huh. To attack and suffocate young men and small children. What? 
this took a work. this took a sour left what turn. a way to go so yeah. <clears throat> how it's like a how, wrestling move yeah like so the breasts are on the back so dudes are always like trying to get around behind her and she uses that somehow to get the jump on them i don't understand how this works naturally mothers warn their children not to play outside at dusk which is the hand to tetex favorite time i of guess of course yeah. it is not the boogeyman the or, boogeyman, or the boogeyman. Or instead of boo it's boob mm-hmm. boob 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 in the jewish faith you have the dibbuk <laughs> a spirit that possesses someone to complete a particular task not always evil uh-huh in china you have the hungry ghost festival this is on the 14th night of the 7th month uh where ghosts of deceased ancestors come out from the lower realm and they usually uh, celebrate uh, the Ghost Festival by burning paper mache clothes and gold, serving meals to empty seats, treating the deceased as if they were still living. Paper mache clothes. That's a bad plan right there. And in Taiwan, it's Ghost Month. Oh. Which month? I think it's the same one. Could be wrong. Right. But it's a month. Yeah. It's one the entire month. Of the year. And people avoid surgery. That could be harmful. <laughs> Buying cars, swimming, and going out after dark during the entire ghost month. Okay. All right. Ghost Ember. Ghost Ember. <laughs> I like so it. So half, half of those were described as having a human origin. The other half is kind of otherworldly, non-human. Mm. Okay. Is that correct? Uh, the, of the all Dibbic, the ones I've listed? Yeah. The Dibbic, for example, was a malevolent. A, a spirit, I guess, that possesses yeah. someone. I'm not, so sure. I'm not more, sure if it comes deep. from a dead person or if it's like just kind of well, weird it people right? spill so it. It, it might do something that's not evil, so it's not necessarily. Malevolent. Okay, mm. that's true, but not okay. But the, the probably the coolest stories are malevolent stories. But the the uh, what's her name, uh, Tits McBoo. Um, Tits McBoo. I can't remember the the, the name. <laughs> Antu Tetek. <laughs> yes, I was. Oh, that. okay. Hootie <laughs> <Uri> McBoobs. <laughs> that's another malevolent spirit too. Well, well that you, one's definitely malevolent. That, it's a well, female yeah. ghost. Who yeah. wants to suffocate? Who wants to suffocate young men and children? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, also in China, spirits can only travel in straight lines, so the curvy roofs on pagodas and bendy roads are supposed to deflect or stymie ghosts somehow. This oh. totally explains Pac-Man. Exactly, yeah. it absolutely does. Because you always get away by it's when they can't take corners very fast. That's right. Uh-huh. That's the strategy for. Got it. Goals. Yeah. There's corners. no curved lines in Pac-Man. It's got a folklore origin. Do you know uh, the idea? So you've heard about the the Chinese idea of zombies, and I and I know it sounds like I'm going off on a tangent, but Chinese zombies are actually more kind of like the ghostly, spirity dead right, coming like, back to life like, than they are actually uh, brains like Chinese or, desserts are really more like an entree here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're kind of they're not sweet; they're savory. the the whole The whole idea you see them like in in movies and all they hop. Yes, vampires, the hopping, do the same. Vampires, hopping vampires. Yeah, well, okay, it's the same thing because in some of them the undead are. You know, evil and feed off the. But so it's this idea of the undead hopping around sort of thing, and what it is is, um, you you read the stories backwards, and it's like so zombies come out at night and they hop 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 hop, and then you start reading, and it's like, no, um, your your aunt your relative dies in another province, you want them buried at home, you can't make the trip to get them, so they would hire monks. So half the half folklore version is that the monks would go there and escort the body back because the body is restless. And so they only travel at night so not to scare people, but they will walk for and after after the zombie 
escorting your relative as they hop home. So the thing. so they walk with the corpse home. Yeah. But here's here's when we get to the. So the monks it, are hopping now. Hang on, let me get to the, the the final thing. What happens is is all that is true. Your relative would die in another province. You'd want them to come back home. You couldn't go do it. You'd pay monks to go do it. What they would do is they would bind up the body. They would wrap it and bind it up and all that. And to get it home, they would put poles under the arms. Monk in front, monk oh, in the back. Okay. With holes. And of course it would be And when you walk, it looks like this. And they do it at night because who wants to walk around with a dead guy in the middle of the day scaring the hell out of kids? <laughs> but that's how this stuff sometimes gets conflated down the line to something oh, very supernatural. Uh-huh. I actually kind of like the idea of two monks walking along with a dead yeah. guy on sticks, right? Yeah. But you see how all that then got conflated over. So what you're saying is there's a perfectly rational explanation. In this mm-hmm. one instance. <laughs> in Africa, you have the Nagoma. If a person is murdered, their Nagoma will pursue the murderer until he confesses his crimes and yeah. has given himself over to the police. That's totally how I would haunt. Yeah. 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 If I was murdered, I would haunt that guy's ass. <laughs> yeah. That specific body part. Sure. <laughs> he would be. Yeah. Yeah. Give the guy like just raw, raunchy farts. Yeah. Just like haunt his actual just, ass. Just the give ghost him. of Stooley McDoo. I would be the glittering eye in his bunghole. You hole. would be the glittering <laughs> eye. You'd be giving him a spiritual angry rhino. Kevin, you're already the glittering eye. <laughs> in all of your bunghole. Bum yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, enough of this made up bullshit. Let's go into the science of ghosts. All right. Right, Joe? Do it. Yeah. Let's do it. There you have. Mist, that's one type of ghost. Okay. That's one type mist. of thing. Yep. Sometimes swirling, normally appears several feet off the ground, can linger and travel quickly at will. Gray, white, or black. Has been caught on both video and all types of cameras. Mist. But, yep. Yeah, mist. Right. Of course mist has been caught on camera. It exists. <laughs> Generally outdoors, and most particularly at cemeteries, battlefields, and historical sites. Mm, if Hollywood has taught me anything, every cemetery, battlefield, and historical site has a low-lying mist. Yep. It has been speculated that the spirit will transform to this vaporous spa- uh, state before appearing as a full-bodied apparition. Right. Scientific explanations include, include breath on the camera. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Fog. Yeah. Uh, that uh, all ninjas are mistaken for ghosts quite often. That's true. You, they... might, actually, Smoke you might not see me yeah. seeing a ghost. You may the... see a ninja. <laughs> yeah, it might just be a ninja. Or just somebody skulking around. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. As a mist. Well, in the mist, and you only kind of see the movement. And yeah. Uh, that takes us to orbs or globes. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we going to talk about the boob? Ghost again? <laughs> yep. The orb ghosts? Is that what the most often photographed ghosts. Oh, the orbs. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Transparent or translucent balls of light hovering above the ground. Locations anywhere anyone has taken a picture. Most <laughs> and, and almost very specifically if there's dust in Curiously yes. enough. There's yeah. and there's it's it should be pointed out that the increase in these orb reporting uh, kind of correlates to the commonness of home photography Mm -hmm. scientific explanations being lens flare dust fast moving insects in front of cameras there's a really good one uh of a a green ghost caught on a security camera at a a gas station but if you check it out it's totally moving like an insect on the lens but everybody went crazy thinking that they finally caught a ghost then of course there's ghost lights White or blue spheres, similar to the flicker of a candle's flame, growing in the darkness. Location, remote areas without people residing nearby. Mm. Possibly will-o'-wisp, seen as a death omen. Playful lights follow travelers and lure them to get lost in the dark. Scientific explanations include swamp gas, a.k.a. methane, 
aurora, fireflies, or reflections of eyes from animals in the dark. Okay. The yeah. tabitum lucidum. So you can see you What's can see where the lucidum. It's the uh, the special reflector in oh, the yeah. back of like cats' eyes oh, and there stuff you go. like that. Cat, cool. There's a the layer of the rods and the cones and the cat's eyes at one place, and then there's this reflective layer behind it. So light passes through their rods and cones twice. That's why Good. they can see better. In the, They're right. in the dark. Cool. Yeah. Cats, dogs, bats, rats, yeah. raccoons, crocodiles, and even cows and horses. They all have this. But you can you can see how the the weird ghost story spookiness well, comes out. This idea of a death omen because it I, lures people away. So somebody's walking through a swamp. Swamp not a great place to be walking through in the night. You see a light in the distance. It's just methane gas burning off. You go, oh hey, a house or a guy's campfire, or whatever, and you walk towards it. Bog dead. You know what? If if it actually is a reflection of a crocodile's eyes, it is a death omen. It's mm. true. Yeah. <laughs> don't walk a croc- don't, towards get, crocodiles. Get, yeah. get a little in the too dark. close. Get a little too close to that will of the wisp, and that guy was never heard from again. I get it. I get it. Yep. I can, uh, two plus two equals four. Then there's shadows. A shadow on a photograph, similar to ectoplasmic mist, but with a definite form. Torrent. There's a shadow behind you right now. Oh, my now. God. It's shaped just like me. Oh. Science can't explain that. <laughs> Reported to be at least two feet in length and tend to travel around the area the photograph was taken, often spotted in mirrors. Uh-huh. Locations, mostly in homes, some seen in the distance outdoors. Uh, speculation is that one of the many forms ghosts take to travel. Okay. Their traveling form. It's like it's a Doctor Strange's astral projection. Exactly. Pos- yeah. Possibly evil spirits, but often seem neutral in their reactions to the living. Okay. Kev- now, Kevin brought up a very, very good point, and I just want to make some clarifications here. Torin does have a shadow, mm-hmm. but that's not that's not a ghost shadow. That's a like a, a pan shadow. That's his Peter. If you can capture Torin's shadow, you will control his power. All right. And his immortality. I'm going to capture your shadow. Use scissors for that. Wasn't that how? <laughs> Something like that, yes. Scientific explanation, camera strap in front of the lens while shooting a picture. <laughs> that never happens. Come on. For all of them? <laughs> it's one. One, one, one scientific okay, explanation. Sure. Uh, then there's apparitions slash disembodied spirits. Gifted psychics see them often. Regular people very rarely seen on film as a transparent human form, often wearing clothes from the period they once lived, faint and incomplete. Location, older homes, hotels, theaters, cemeteries, anywhere that has seen generations of people come and go. This is totally the Brown Lady of Rainham Hall. Brown Lady of Rainham Hall. Tell me more. Uh, there was this, uh, this woman. She made uh, a bit of chocolate? The second wife of Charles Townsend, Lady Dorothy Walpole, the right. sister of Robert Walpole, the first prime minister of Great Britain. She was locked in her rooms in Rainham Hall by her husband, who had a violent temper. When rumors began to circulate, she was having affairs. And uh, she stayed locked in her room, in her little like section in the hall, until she died of smallpox in 1726. Oh, smallpox. So she haunts smallpox now? Uh, well, she haunts the hall, evidently. The first sighting was at Christmas, 1835. And uh, it was a uh, uh, corporal enough that they mistook it for one of the servants. And when they went to talk to them, it disappeared. And then the next year, they had another apparition. And uh, the gentleman uh, decided he was going to, he saw her at the end of the hall. She disappeared. So the next night he camped out with a pistol and he <laughs> shot at her. Awesome. Yeah. And the bullet was in, embedded in the wall. And that's what they used as a, well, he actually shot. So he must have seen something. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and he said he looked into her face and her eyes had been gouged out and uh, they were empty sockets. From smallpox. Very, very terrifying. Uh, well, so this is a Christmas ghost? 
Uh, well, yeah, then she's, she's shown up a bunch, uh, but what made this case really famous was in 1936, a, uh, a couple of photographers from Country Life magazine were photographing the ornate staircase, and there was a, uh, there's a shadow visible in the, uh, in the photograph. And, uh, shadow uh, we'll, ghost. We'll put this up on the website, com. It's a very famous photograph. It's being reprinted hundreds and hundreds of times. Okay. Uh, the brown lady, as, as proof, as proof that uh, that that ghosts exist and that they can be captured on film. But uh, there was even uh, a report in uh, a nineteen nineteen thirty seven, so like four months after the photo was taken, uh, one guy examined the original plates and admitted that the original negatives had not been tampered with, but that uh, he his explanation was that it had been. Uh, the camera was uh, had been shaken while they were because they had to do long exposures. Yep. And the Back camera, in the old timey days. The camera shook and a little light got in through the faulty bellows, which created the shade. And that, oh, faulty bellows. in fact, the uh, that's the, not a bad explanation. If you look at the picture, see in the top right there, there's actually you see a couple of lines. Yeah, yeah, like like there's a light source moving yep. away, sort of thing. Often when the uh, when the photograph is reprinted, it's often cropped. So, so that you can't, there. so yeah. that you can't see the the double imaging oh, on the edges of the I of see. the photograph. Because if you see the entire photograph, evidently you can see the staircase kind of has a doubling, and the photos on the left, on the wall on the left, sort of are sort of doubled. And uh, but oftentimes when it's reprinted, right. now it's cropped out, so you don't see that. Yes, yeah, scientific explanation for apparitions include double exposure, film processing errors, and normal things far away that may happen to look spooky in the dark on film. Mm-hmm. And then there's poltergeists. Poltergeists? Yep. Invisible. Ooh. Seen through their actions disturbing the living areas of those who reside in the ghost's former home. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Location includes older homes or newer homes that have had a long history of people living in the area. Uh, Indian burial grounds? <laughs> if Hollywood has taught me anything, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. And then there's spectral objects. Like an apparition of a person, but an object, usually a vehicle such as a car, stagecoach, locomotive, or ship. Ooh. Famous cases being a phantom funeral train is said to run regularly from Washington, D.C. to Springfield, Illinois, around the time of the anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's death. Ooh, the Flying Dutchman, right? There's the Flying Dutchman, yeah, from 1795. Scientific explanation being diffraction and mirage. All right. There was the St. Louis ghost train visible at night along an old abandoned rail line in between Prince Albert and St. Louis, Saskatchewan. Two students won an award for investigating and duplicating the phenomenon. Oh. Which they determined to be caused by the diffraction of distant vehicle lights. Ectoplasm. The stuff of ghosts. It's a bit broad. Uh-huh. Well, that stuff's com- real because you can buy it at Toys R Us. That's right. You can get it at the, at the candy store, I think. Can you get oh. ectoplasm? Ectoplasmic slimer juice boxes. The last stuff I saw was there was an ectoplasm energy drink that you could get. Right. Which is delicious when mixed with Dan Aykroyd's own crystal head vodka. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Feel free to send us some bottles. Uh, Actually, I need a pair of shot glasses. So if you're listening to Newfoundland Liquor Board, send them care of caustic soda. Uh, The other one was... um, I just want one of the bottles. The bottles? The crystal head bottles for the the skulls. Those are awesome. The um, and hand card by Mayans. It was a it was a hand sanitizer. Like it was a they, so they had little bottles of like 
uh, Purell type stuff, right. but, but it was labeled, like and it was uh, there is stuff that's no, no, not shaped. It was just a bottle. Oh, okay. But they labeled it as uh, as ectoplasm, but it's, <laughs> because it's just a, it's an alcohol gel that you can. Just I just imagined it was like kind of like an Aunt Jemima bottle, but in like the shape of slime, <laughs> right? But about every every five years or so, some toy line will come out with a slime oh, component. Yeah. Right. Parents will hate the shit out of it. They'll mm-hmm. stop making it for a while, and then some other toy line will yeah. come along and make it. So I don't know what toy right now gives you slime, but. Hey. From the Greek ectos, meaning outside, and plasma, meaning something formed or molded. Formed or molded outside. Uh, term is coined by Charles Richet, or Richet, to denote a substance or spiritual energy exteriorized by physical mediums, said to be associated with the formation of spirits. And early, in the early days of seances, the ectoplasm would supposedly form limbs and interact with the medium's customers. Now that we're actually seeing reprints of these photos that are obviously taken from a, an actual print, not reprinted in like a newspaper or something like that, it's like cheesecloth to the extent that you can actually see like the weave and bits of threads coming yeah. out. In another one, she has a uh, what looks exactly like a dinner glove, like one of those long oh, okay. ladies gloves right. coming out of her mouth. And it's like, it's an arm. You stuck a glove in your yeah. mouth, lady. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Many mediums had used methods of swallowing and regurgitating textile products smoothed with potato starch. And in other cases, the ectoplasm was made of paper, cloth, and egg white or butter muslin. Oh. Butter muslin. Butter muslin. Mm-hmm. Butter muslin. good band. <laughs> Possible explanation of ghosts. The tempo... The temporoparietal junction. We'll just call it TPJ. Okay. TPJ, temporoparietal junction. That's a tasty sandwich. The old mm, TPJ. The old TPJs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is an area of the brain where the temporal and parietal lobes meet at the posterior end of the sylvian fissure. Ooh, these all sound very official. Mm-hmm. This area is known to play a crucial role in the self other distinction processes and theory of mind. And damage to this area has been implicated in producing out of body experiences. Scientists suspect that overstimulation of the left temporoparietal junction could account for several forms of schizophrenia, as well as a litany of paranormal experiences like ghosts, shadow people, out-of-body experiences, doppelgangers, guardian angels, and a thing called the third man phenomenon, which is when people in extremely stressful situations report seeing another person following them around. Mystery solved. So there's that. Let's wrap up the podcast and go home. Wait, no, I've got two more. Okay. Oh, great. So brain injury is one, or brain. Yeah, uh, or uh, overstimulation. It doesn't even have to be an injury. Yeah. There's sleep paralysis, as described in our sleep disorders episode. Yes. Hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations are symptoms commonly experienced during episodes of sleep paralysis. Some scientists have proposed this condition as an explanation for reports of alien abductions and ghostly encounters. There are three main types of these hallucinations that can be linked to pathologic neurophysiology. These include the belief that there is an intruder in the room, the incubus, and vestibular motor sensations. Yes, vestibular motor sensations. <laughs> and then the last one is... Vestibu- in- Sorry, what's vestibular motor... You don't know what vesti- no, vestibular I think, I think motor the, I think, sensation is? I think know is? what it is because I've actually had them before too. It's when you're in a vestibule... And uh, it feels like you're sitting on in a motor uh, car. In a motor car. There, exactly. there were several times when you and I were uh, uh, best bros, spooning there, spooning. No, I, <laughs> I like in the mornings I'd be sleeping and would swear 
And that. torn, you wake up and torn is motorboating you. <laughs> no. That uh, Kodos would have gotten into the room and had jumped up on the bed, like that's what it felt like. But then when I look up, Kodos is not there. So I'm assuming Kodos that's being what my the, cat. You being your cat, I'm assuming that's what this is. Like I, I was listening to some podcast program where were people writing in, and of course every single one of them was like a ghostly hand was touching my leg and stuff like that. And it's like I've experienced it. It's not a ghost. You're you're lying there and you're getting muscle twitches and your brain's going. Sometimes I feel my phone vibrate in my pocket, and then I realize it's on the yeah. desk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just another example of it. You it's a spirit phone. Yeah. Spirit phone. Joe, I'm getting a call. Joe, ring, 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 ring. You, know, you ring. can make a lot of money if you're a, a medium, phone. and you're just like, hello, talking to your hand. <gasps> it's my your spirit, dead husband. My spirit phone is ringing. <laughs> yes. And the last, infrasound. Infrasound is a sound that is lower in frequency than 20 hertz or cycles per second, the normal, quote-unquote, limit of human hearing. Hearing becomes gradually less sensitive as frequency decreases, so for humans to perceive infrasound, the sound pressure must be sufficiently high. The ear is the primary organ for sensing infrasound, but at higher levels it is possible to feel infrasound vibrations Mm -hmm. in various parts of the body. In the early 1980s, British engineer Vic Tandy was working in a research laboratory for a medical manufacturing firm when, in his own words, I was sweating but cold and the feeling of depression was noticeable, but there was something else. It was as though something was in the room with me. Tandy then claimed to have seen a spirit emerging in his peripheral vision, but when he turned (laughs) to face the figure, it vanished. I'm disappointed in myself that I had to stop and think about that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Tandy considered that infrasound might be present. Further experimentation showed that the infrasound trapped in the laboratory was at its highest next to Tandy's desk, right where he had seen the ghost. He determined that a fan in the lab was emitting a frequency of 18.98 hertz, very close to the resonant frequency of the human eye, given as 18 hertz by NASA. This was why Tandy had seen a ghostly figure. It was an optical illusion caused by his eyeballs resonating. Oh, the so resonant you, frequency of the eyeball. So his eyeball started to kind of vibrate. Yeah. And it, cre- it kind of created a double image in his eyepiece. Tandy conducted large-scale experiments, including one of 750 participants at London's Royal Festival Hall. Tandy concluded that infrasound at or around a frequency of 19 hertz has a range of physiological effects, including feelings of fear and shivering. And though, pooping your pants. And pooping your <laughs> pants. Though this had been known for many years, Tandy uh, was among the first people to link it to ghostly sightings. And in 2003, a team of UK researchers held a mass experiment where they exposed 700 people to music laced with soft 17 hertz sine waves played at a level described as near the edge of hearing. The presence of the tone resulted in 22% of respondents reporting anxiety, uneasiness, nervous feelings of revulsion or fear, chills down the spine, and feelings of pressure on the chest. In presenting the evidence to British Association for the Advancements of Science, (laughs) Professor Richard Wiseman said, These results suggest that low-frequency sound can cause people to have unusual experiences, even though they cannot consciously detect infrasound. Do you think they came to him for the quote because his last name is Wiseman? Yes. Well, he must know. (laughs) Would he be willing to give us a quote? He's great. We he... went to Roger Dumbass, but he was no help whatsoever. <laughs> and then you hear the guy in the background, I don't know. It's Dumas. <laughs> it's pronounced Dumas. Duh. All right. In the history, the legal case of Stambovsky versus Ackley. This is from New York, 1991. All right. Uh, this is a case in the New York Supreme Court that held that a house, which the owner had previously advertised to the public as haunted by ghosts, 
was legally haunted for the purpose of an action for rescission brought by a subsequent purchaser of the house. Helen Ackley and members of the family had reported the existence of numerous poltergeists in the okay. house. Ackley had reported the existence of ghosts in the house to both Reader's Digest and a local newspaper on several occasions. Neither Ackley nor her realtor revealed the haunting to Jeffrey Stambovsky before he entered a contract to purchase the house in 1989 or 90. Stambovsky made a 32500 down payment on the agreed price of $650,000 for the house. So this is basically the lesson learned here is it's uh, kind of when you have, you know, structural problems in your house, you don't want to investigate too deeply because then you have to disclose it all. So if you're haunted, yeah. you don't you don't you don't want to uncover too much about any spirits they may the be less said about this, haunting this, the better. This this is a weird thing that's that's getting argued state by state about whether or not you're supposed to disclose whether your place is haunted right. or not. And it, it basically I know you have to disclose if somebody was murdered there. Yeah, see, legal, legally it makes a certain amount of sense because the idea behind disclosing whether somebody was murdered there was I'm uncomfortable with the idea that somebody was – I'm just yeah. squeamish about it. Yeah. You need to tell me if it makes me it's squeamish. It's not like it's a health I'm, hazard a right, year later right. or anything you, like that. It's, 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 it's the same way. It's like uh, – and if you step on the second step with both feet, a nail comes up and hits you in the foot. But I'm not going to tell you about that. Well, you should have because then I wouldn't buy the bloody house. Yeah. Yeah. There's right. subtle versions like you got to tell me if somebody was murdered there. So a lot of court cases are now arguing back and forth about whether you're supposed to disclose whether it's haunted or not because some people – and it's, it's true – legally have the right to be squeamish about living in a house with ghosts. I got a feeling when Joe's out house hunting next time, he's going to be looking for a house that's haunted. When Stambovsky learned of the haunting story, he filed an action requesting rescission of the contract of sale and for damages for fraudulent misrepresentation. This is from the court record. Having reported the ghost's presence in both the national publication and the local press, defendant is stopped, which is legalized for not allowed. Mm Mm-hmm. To deny their existence and, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. The court noted that regardless of whether the house was truly haunted or not, the fact that the house had been widely reported as being haunted greatly affected its value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. I thought I was going to be upset. I'm not upset. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you can be upset later. Hey. The court held, whereas here the seller not only takes unfair advantage of the buyer's ignorance, but has created and perpetuated a condition about which he is unlikely to even inquire, mm-hmm. enforcement of the contract, in whole or in part, is offensive to the court's sense of equity. Application of the remedy of rescission within the bounds of the narrow exception to the doctrine of caveat emptor set forth herein is entirely appropriate to relieve the unwitting purchaser from the consequences of a most unnatural bargain. (laughs) Okay, that didn't need to be added in. (laughs) Did they actually make that noise in the court decision? The the bailiff, the bailiff stepped up. And a little picture of a ghost. It's fair. I mean, what what he's complaining is that everybody thinks that it's haunted, and he didn't know that he was buying a house that lots of people think, think is haunted. haunted. Yeah. And that's Which gonna, adversely affects the value. It's going to, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the best part is that uh, the opinion makes reference to a number of popular books and films featuring ghosts, including Shakespeare's Hamlet and oh. Ghostbusters, ah. <laughs> uh, and uses various words meaning ghost descriptively throughout. For example... In his pursuit, in his pursuit of a legal remedy for fraudulent misrepresentation against the seller, plaintiff hasn't a ghost of a chance. <laughs> Did they actually <laughs> say that? <laughs> I am moved by the spirit of equity. Everybody thinks they're a comedian, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> including me. It's no worse than all of yours. These are yeah. <laughs> 
These are your jokes written yes. down by a judge. Yes, except but that mine mine are in a podcast that we put out into the world that a bunch of soda jerks listen to. This is a legal document. You make do where you can. I, I got a couple of others. Bring it just briefly. So uh, Christopher and Scarlett Chung of uh, Orlando, Florida. They're devout uh, Jehovah's Witnesses mm. who believed in ghosts. When they found out that the space they were leasing for their restaurant was haunted, they broke the lease and the landlord went after them uh, for $2.6 million. Did he get it? I don't know. It was all ghost money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, I'm just doing the high-level stuff. Sure. Uh, but then the flip side of the coin, and, and Joe will like this one, I'm sure. Where is it here? Chen Dongjen and some other uh, business partners of his, not business partners, uh, co-owners, I guess, of a house that they had bought and they hear noises. They all decide that it's ghosts, mm-hmm. so they sell the house. But since the word is out that we're selling the house because it has ghosts, the value of it uh, oh. uh, drops. So yeah, there's there's no other there's no other people in this case. It's not like they sell it to somebody. Right. Don't tell it. They basically now screwed, they can't get rid they of it. screwed themselves. Or, oh no, they got rid of it at a lot. Right. So they bought the house and then had to dump it because they were scared of ghosts. I have okay. A- well, there's ghosts. There's more to that story. Yeah, they did sell it. Yeah. The buyers didn't oh, believe in right. ghosts, <laughs> and they found out that the noises were from catfish trapped in the sewer pipes. <laughs> oh. Well, which is worse, catfish or ghosts? I say oh, catfish. catfish. Poo- yeah, absolutely, because catfish can actually screw up your plumbing. <laughs> Poo-eating catfish mm-hmm. yep. made the guy lose quarter, like 25,000 grand. Belief in ghosts did. <laughs> I've got uh, <laughs> the Stanley. I'm going with the catfish, goddamn catfish. I don't believe in catfish. Uh, I've got the Stanley Hotel. Okay. Uh, it's located in Estes Park, Colorado, and was opened on July 4th, 1909 by Freeland Stanley, the uh, inventor of the Stanley Steamer, Steam oh. Car. <laughs> snicker, snicker. <laughs> and, it's uh, a good thing his name wasn't Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland Steamer. Uh, That's the joke. <laughs> you know, if you open up a phone book, there is some poor guy out there named Cleveland Steamer. Mr. Cleveland Steamer. He went to Colorado to recover from an ailment and uh, thought that the recovered quite nicely and so thought this would be a nice place to build a hotel. So he did. The hotel and its numerous hauntings became the inspiration for the movie and the book, The Shining. How did these hauntings come about? Did a bunch of people die or was it like, who are these spirits of? The most famous of the hauntings is supposed to be Lord Dunraven, who was the original owner of the land on which the the hotel was built. All right. Uh, Lord Dunraven uh, is... Resides in room 407 and can often be seen looking out the window. Okay. And is routinely blamed for uh, any jewelry or valuables that go missing. <laughs> what a great scam. <laughs> I know. I don't know. The ghost thing is haunted. <laughs> I know. Do you I like was... my watch? <laughs> it's new. <laughs> uh, ghost gave it to me. Yeah. Lord Dunraven pinched it. He, he owes me a favor. Uh, there's often in the grand ballroom when it, it'll be empty and people will hear a party going on in there. Okay. Uh, there will be children heard running on the floor above you where there's nobody staying. All these, like, you really see the stuff that inspired that into ins- the shining. That's in yeah. the shining, like and then all that blood got out of the elevator. It, well, it doesn't. It, that's it, funny. That blood usually a- gets out on the second floor. <laughs> he, uh, he, you know, uh, there was some artistic license, obviously, sure. but there's definitely an influence there. Uh, Channel forty two on all the TVs uh, runs the Shining unrated on a constant loop. <laughs> nice, so you can watch that's it awesome. at any given Channel point in 42. time. Okay, in the store you can buy red rum mugs. Nice. And the hotel logo 
the Stanley uh, the Stanley Hotel has a little like cartoony ghost behind it. Okay, I so they're playing it up. This, big time. Yes, I think this is a very good point that I want to point out that I think a lot of old hotels, whether they you know are publicly big on it or not, like the idea and promote the idea that they are haunted because well, that's got to be oh, yeah. a not insignificant a number of people that yeah. attract well, people there. I was at the like a year. Is there ago. any other reason to go to Estes Park, Colorado, than <laughs> if you're a fan of the movie and you want to go stay in the no, in the hotel? But there, that, but there are so yeah, exactly. I, the Banff Springs Hotel. I stayed there uh, a year ago. I've been there a couple times. That's it's a quite, nice hotel. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, it's and the, they, it's the gateway to the Rocky Mountain National Park. Well, Kevin. there you go. Uh-huh. There's another one about a room that doesn't exist. Like there's a room where a family was murdered or died or something. So no they like walled it over. Nobody can find it. Oh, I went looking for it, and I think it's bunk, bunk. But it's every a very small room. The older we used a to place, call it a closet. The closet. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a family so much as a rat. But anyway. <laughs> Um, the rat died on its wedding night. That is tragic. Uh, the it, older rat, it's a the the tragic sequel to Ratatouille. Yeah, the older the older a building is, it just piles up a, a bunch of anecdotal. Yeah, of course. Yes, people. I, and and I, I, again, I'm assuming that over time, it's I, it's one part the procession of people that go through there, well, which this, is huge, and one part uh, assumptive that. It's just gonna. People are like gonna see little things. They'll attribute something to it, and the story builds up over time. So yeah, you well, pick the, you pick any hotel to there. I mean, probably a story. The Stanley Hotel is taking it to another level. Like they're literally capitalizing on their notoriety because yes. they offer three different ghost tours. Oh, okay. They offer one the daytime ghost tour where no children under the age of five are permitted. Okay. <laughs> oh, but you can take the children <laughs> on the nighttime. They one. have the nighttime tour where no children <laughs> under ten are permitted. Okay. And then they have the ghost hunt where you are actually killed at the end of the tour <laughs> yeah. to and, build up the ghosts. <laughs> yes, to create their uh, their their ghost stockpile. Violently right. murdered. <laughs>
He was born into slavery. He was taken by holy warriors. He was told to leave attachment behind. He was expected to obey. He did not listen. Canadian artist Chris Woods presents his new series of epic paintings titled Sandstorm. Inspired by the events of the original Star Wars trilogy, Sandstorm steps into the black metal boots of cinema's most notorious villain and reveals how he felt. Mr. Woods needs your support in executing this amazing new series coming to the Reach Gallery Museum in Abbotsford, B.C. for the summer of 2013. Please visit indiegogo.com slash sandstorm for details. Even the Dark Lord himself might say this about the series. Impressive. Most impressive. Indiegogo.com slash sandstorm. In the news. 2006, Worthington, Ohio. I got this from whatstheharm.net. Great site. Whatstheharm.net. I like it. A well-known teenage cheerleader out looking for ghosts with friends was shot in the head and critically wounded near a house considered spooky by local teens. Not necessarily haunted, just spooky. A man who lives in the house, Alan Davis, was charged in the shooting and told reporters from jail that he was trying to drive off trespassers. He said he fired his rifle out of his bedroom window after hearing local voices outside the home, which is across the street from a cemetery, (laughs) and blocked from view by overgrown trees and shrubbery. So he just shot randomly, just poked his rifle out the window and just took a pot shot? Yeah, yeah, a couple at different times. Davis's home had a reputation at the high school for being haunted by ghosts and witches. And crazy old men. And students have been, uh, have been daring each other to knock on the door or go into the yard. The 17-year-old girl, Rachel Berezinski, and two of her friends got out of their parked car near the home at about 10 p.m. and took a few steps onto the property. They jumped back in the car when a girl in the car sounded the horn. The girls drove around the block. And Berezinski was struck while sitting in the car as they passed the house a second time and heard a second round of gunshots. So so they were not even on the property? They were driving away? As the girl's car drove away from the house, the driver noticed she had blood on her arm and passengers in the back seat also discovered blood. Berezinski collapsed in the front passenger seat and the girls drove until they could flag down two police officers. A twenty-two caliber hollow point bullet pierced her head, causing a severe penetrating traumatic brain injury. The bullet which left behind a trail of bone and metal while damaging four lobes is now permanently embedded in the front of her left frontal lobe. Well, you know, uh, hollow points are the best bullets for shooting at ghosts. Uh, uh, (laughs) A second bullet struck her right shoulder and fragmented into three pieces. You can can learn more at rachelsmiracle.com. She's got her own website all about her uh, experience. Wait, she's alive? Yeah, she's still alive. Oh, she survived it. Oh. She went through... She spent three weeks in hospital and ten weeks at a rehabilitation center for physical, occupational, therapeutic, and yeah. speech therapy. There, Joe was just looking oh. at a picture there, and you, and you can see that actually in her face that you can see some of the damage, like not not physical damage, not like scarring or anything like that. But if you look at the two sides of her face, one is droopier than the other. Mm-hmm. 
All right. But she, she looks, looks to have recovered quite well. Yeah. All right. Recovered beautifully by the mm-hmm. looks of it. We have it. no idea what she talks like, though. So based on that story, we should start building rules if you're going to go ghost hunting. Rule one, don't Kevlar. do it in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you are, wear Kevlar and a helmet. <laughs> and a helmet. <laughs> yeah, ride gear. <laughs> 2010, Statesville, North Carolina. Okay. Christopher Kaiser, 29, had gathered with around 12 others on the anniversary of a crash that happened near Statesville, North Carolina at 3 a.m. on August 27, 1891. Oh, the crash happened in 1891? Yeah. Or they gathered in 1891? No, this is 2010. Okay. The historic crash saw seven carriages fall off a rail bridge into a ravine and 30 people died. Moo. According to local legend, the sounds of the accident, including the whistle of the train and the scream of passengers, can be heard again on the anniversary. And each year, people go to listen. On the centenary of the crash in 1991, more than 150 people turned up, complete with hawkers selling T-shirts and other memorabilia. Here's the thing. like, As a hawker... Right. If only 150 people show up for this thing, if you sell a T-shirt to every single one of those people, still not that profitable a night, right? Depends how much he's charging. <laughs> I guess that's true. And how shitty the shirts are. <laughs> true enough. In 2010, a dozen ghost hunters were waiting on a trestle at 2.45 a.m. when a real train consisting of three locomotives came around a bend. The ghost hunters began running back along the trestle, and most of them made it. Oh, this is Stand By Me. The 150... This, this is, yes. This is from Stand By Me. The Somebody one, is the fat kid. The 150 feet to safety. Mr. Kaiser pushed a woman with him to safety. She fell at least 30 feet from the trestle and was treated for injuries. Another person was also injured. Kaiser was struck and instantly killed. His body was found below the trestle, down a steep incline. But he saved, he saved one of the others? Which I believe may have been his girlfriend. <sighs> okay. Well. All right. So he didn't tie... <laughs> Totally in vain. So I'm guessing they did hear a lot of screaming. It was ah! a, they definitely heard some screaming. They dr- they probably drowned out the ghostly screams. Oh, yeah, right? maybe. <laughs> what? Ooh, was it a ghost train? Could have been a ghost. Isn't it time to put like a place for people on trestles to go to if they decide to walk <laughs> across it and a train comes? Like a little I've, safety I've seen bridges walk. that in the middle of it, you actually see a, like there's a metal outcrop, like it looks like an afterthought. Yeah, but right. then Some you always a, get your foot caught right at just the last right, right. minute. Just the last like minute. Wrestling it out. But at least this way, you don't. You're I mean, 13 we, and overweight, you know, it just stacks <laughs> up against you. Yeah. So. Ghost hunting, as it turns out, apparently is quite dangerous because most people ghost hunting. Not Idiots. thinking it through. Because <laughs> yeah. you got to go to where people died, and yeah. those places are dangerous. <laughs> those places are dangerous, yeah, exactly. Train tracks, uh, old buildings. Well, here's the problem. Again, there's nothing that says that uh, an active building should be more or less haunted than an abandoned or run-down building. But a whole, our whole folklore and popular culture and all that is that the old abandoned place spookier. is probably – It's spookier. Mm-hmm. It's spookier – in, in people's minds equals good place to go looking for ghosts. Right. And yeah. the trouble is you get into those and they're usually abandoned for much more tangible reasons. <laughs> like yes. the floors are, have holes in them or something like that. I, 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 I think on the list I saw one of somebody else dying on a ghost hunt. And it's and the, at the time I thought it was another one that I had heard a couple of years ago and I couldn't find it. But in this case a guy uh, went, again, fell. There's a lot of falls in ghost hunting that get people killed. Well, because ghosts can float, people can't. Right, so you go where the ghosts are. There you just get them, and you get that Scooby Doo stuck in the middle of the. Then you fall. The thing is, is that what they're not saying in those shows is that every place they go to, 
they are invited into or they ask for permission to go. Right. And when you yeah. ask for permission right. to go, like there was one in an old prison, they will tell you, not a problem. Don't go here. The walls are crumbly or whatever. So mm. Those guys are never in quite the level of danger. Although the producers, I'm sure, are kind of hoping somebody well, on the crew gets it, crushed sure. because like, that would like – Is this the place they told us not to go? And the producer's yeah. like, I don't know. No. I, don't know. I will say it's that. Just, just stay – just keep rolling. As goofy and semi-boring as I find that show, there is the one episode where they go to the prison and it is notable for two things. One, the video they get has some sort of swirling, misty thing that is quite impressive to look at. There's no good explanation. They, they're like, ghost. Great. Okay, whatever. It's, but it's a really impressive looking piece of video. Mm-hmm. And two is the fact that the, the, when they caught that video, there was something else like a sound or something. Or something set the guys off. They got really freaked out and left, the younger guys. <laughs> and you can see them running back up like some hallway and past the camera. And one guy's like, dude, run. <laughs> Which I think is like, should be like a ghost hunter cry. Just, dude, run. Yes. Just, the run, ghost hunter. They should have t shirts made, man. <laughs> the ghost hunters who are afraid of the thing that they're, they're trying, they're to, trying yeah, to find. Yeah. I like that. Okay. You know about ghosts. Do they actually kill people? Like, no. Are there... This is where we so started. So why at are the these beginning? guys who think they're experts? That's exactly it. Because they're going to possess you. And uh-huh. then make you stab someone. But do they? Yeah. But the, is there is there much evidence of that? Like, is there other stories of, of ghosts actually inflicting harm aside yeah, harm. from causing people to be afraid? Poltergeist. This, this is why I brought it up at the beginning that it's a weird, blurry thing. There are instances of people being uh, hurt by entities, scratches mm-hmm. and things okay. like that, bites. Right. One half of the stories is like those are mean ghosts. The other half is those are mean demons or entities. Like that's a weird blurry bit. But when you're talking about ghost, 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 Mm -hmm. nobody's getting hurt by it. So, but this is the thing. If these guys supposedly are ghost experts, right? They're ghost hunters. They uh, They got a reality show. I don't know if they're expert in anything. Look, I put the word supposedly there. Okay. Okay. Alleged. Alleged. Let's uh, just stop. Does anybody remember what their day job is? No. And training. They're plumbers. Yeah. They're plumbers by day. It allows them to go out and buy, you know, weird, crappy electronic equipment and say, we're going to go look. To be honest, all that show is is we're going to go look for a pattern that this piece of equipment will pick up. It's not even ghost hunting. It's we're going to go look for an, yeah. a thing that this thing will pick up. Yeah. And then run away from the thing that we were looking for. Even though, yeah. See? This is why I hate reality TV. It sounds like we've entered the realm of pop culture. Hey. Oh, yeah, I think hey. so. Who's got a favorite ghost movie? There's lots of When did that movie come out? 84. Ghostbusters. That one's okay. And then 85. And then 85? Came out twice. What? How? It was popular enough that they actually did a limited two-week run the next year. The summer of next year. Right before the Oscar nominations were put in? No, no. No, they ran it. They were hoping to get an Oscar nod? No, it ran in 84. Uh, and I can't remember when it ended, but it ran in just into the new year in 85, uh-huh. and then they ended the run. And then I believe it was heading close to Halloween. They put it back in theaters for two years. Or for two weeks, rather, sorry. And it was more or less Dan Aykroyd's baby? That was his idea? Oh, yeah. A lot of it grows out of his uh, – I, I brought a copy of his dad's book. His grandfather was supposedly – a great-grandfather was a – grandfather or great-grandfather? I can't remember. Was a medium. Oh. A spiritual – a believer of spiritualism and a medium sort of thing. So Dan Aykroyd and his entire family are like his brother uh, Peter Aykroyd is currently or was at some point president of uh, oh the paranormal Hair research Club for men? no the paranormal research group I can't remember what it is the one that inspired Aykroyd's other show uh, sci sci factor 
Okay. Which okay. also dealt with ghost stuff like that. They came up with a fictional name for the group, but it was based on all these international, you know, uh, semi-professional organizations of people trying to scientifically legitimize the study of the paranormal. Right. So do you think Dan Aykroyd is a true believer? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is completely a true believer on a number of fronts. All right. Like, don't get him started on UFOs. Okay. Do not get him started on UFOs. Maybe maybe he's been testing the Crystal Skull vodka maybe a little too much. Well... He is he is such a believer and and he is such a talker and is uh, is the the woman who produced the first edition of the DVD Ghostbusters DVD they did extras like they had to create extras so right. they went back and it was the time it came out I guess it would have been like twenty years or something like that after the movie so it would be the twenty years after and they got all the principals and interviewed mm-hmm. them sort of thing and if you watch it everybody else's when they talk to them gets like a thirty second nice thirty second or one minute chunk on answering that question dan Aykroyd has those weird intervideo crossfades it's the same camera same oh, angle but he's moved it's crazy. she's like because he jumps around so much and he's so excited <laughs> about stuff we could not get the 30 second or the one minute short right. thing we had to if i it. wanted a cohesive short answer we had to do all these little quick Jump cuts, cuts to, yeah. to get the, the the meat of his answer to the thing Right. And the original—I seem to remember hearing something about the original Ghostbusters script being like ten times as wacky and out there and crazy. Yeah, well, because if you remember, the basis in 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 the Ghostbusters movie is that they're extra dimension, and it leaves it kind of wide open about whether humans die and go to this extra dimension, or if or it's, if it's just... whatever. If it, but definitely, some part of it is extra dimensional entities. Gozer yeah. is yeah. an extra dimensional entity sort of thing. But right? it's all tied in because you got the jogging ghost. And yeah, it's really kind of fuzzy, but he, like... it's always described as extra dimensional. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so for him in the first one, it was way more in the future. Hopping between dimensions was way easier, and they were like, like the movie started. It, basically, the original movie was kind of like Men in Black. They just zipped around the universe in their supercar, jumping to between dimensions and fighting ghosts. Okay. And it was uh, Ivan Reitman when Ivan Reitman came on board. Scale attacks. Took Harold Ramis, sat down and said, let's start with how they get going. And somebody did the math, and it was like even at the time, 84 money, it was supposed to be like a hundred or hundreds of millions of dollars version of a script. Because every every bit of the movie was going to be some level of special effects. Right. Right. And they went, no. Back before CG was anything. So they they backtracked on it and – yeah, turned probably, out pretty good. Thirty million say, dollar masterpiece, the, probably for the betterment. Yeah, uh, one of my uh, favorite movies with uh, ghostly main characters is uh, Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Yeah, all the main characters in that movie are uh, are ghosts. Alec Baldwin. Not all the main characters. The families. The families. Well, I got uh, the top three on the call yeah, top sheet. Three billings. Okay, the top fine. three on the call sheet would have been sure. Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, and Gina Davis. All right, Coach. I don't think we survived that bus crash. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a movie where the main characters are ghosts. Yes. And they're trying to exercise the real humans from their house. Yes. Correct. It's a fantastic little story. Yeah. And it also had a cartoon series. Yes. Which yes. is actually a pretty good uh, cartoon series. Yeah, too. I remember it being pretty good. And, of course, the Tim Burton vehicle. Yeah. So it's got that like inevitable Tim Burton stylings. The original script was a horror film. And featured Beetlejuice as a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a small Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the Dietzes. Beetlejuice's goal was to kill the Dietzes rather than frighten them away and included sequences where he mauled Kathy in the form of a rabid squirrel and tried to rape Lydia. Oh, wow. Holy shit. 
Well, that's very, very close to the final script. <laughs> I, uh, so, wow, that would have been like so. It was like actually a horror movie. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- there was a demon possession, and I did not know that. That's yeah. actually kind of amazing. This is uh, trivia from IMDb.com, so I'm not sure what the original oh, source would be. Yeah, but the, some some of that trivia is pretty good. Another one is that the movie's impressive box office success created plans for a sequel. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Oh really? Oh wow! That I'm glad they did not make terrible. that. Terrible! <laughs> I am so a, glad that a script was commissioned and Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder both signed on to reprise their roles. Why? But Tim Burton lost interest. Oh, there you go. This might be a good place, just as an aside, because uh, Tim Burton, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. has large Marge. Large Marge, love it. Not, a, not so Pee Wee's Big Adventure, not properly a ghost movie, right. but that large Marge bit. She was a ghost. That's you can ask people who saw the movie as a kid and don't they don't remember much else about the movie, but they all <laughs> remember large, large Marge, Marge. Mm-hmm. which is a, based on you know classic idea of right. Yeah, the woman you know the hitchhiker I picked up and dropped off at her home. Oh dear, she died two years ago. Like that's the 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 vanishing hitchhiker type yeah. idea, which is totally a prank. Yeah. We would do that. Yeah, I got picked up by uh, this Torn Atkinson guy. Torn Atkinson. Oh. He's he's been dead for like two years. Well, I well he's uh, dead inside. Yeah, uh, I mean <laughs> we don't tell them that as part yeah. of the prank. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's a uh, a lie through omission. <laughs> I want to talk about Quaidon from 1964. I okay. saw that on your list, and I'm curious. It's a 1964 Japanese portmanteau film directed by Masaki Kobayashi. The title means Ghost Story. Okay. It is based on stories from Lafcadio Hearn's collection of Japanese folktales. The film consists of four separate and unrelated stories originally written between 1900 and 1903. I have, I've actually heard of this movie. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's excellent. I really liked it. Uh, I remember seeing it on TV some point like years ago yeah. and, and really being, not knowing what it was or where it came from or what it was about, but I saw a bit of it yeah. and then it came back on on Turner Classic Movies. I was like, now I know what it is. Yeah, nice. Uh, the Black Hair, this is the first segment. A poor samurai living in Kyoto divorces his wife, a weaver, for another woman in order to attain greater social status. The marriage is unhappy and his new wife expels him from their home. He returns to his first wife who readily accepts him but later he discovers her to be no more than clothing hair and a skull. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, the woman of the snow, stranded in a snowstorm, a woodcutter meets an icy spirit in the form of a woman uh, who spares his life on the condition that he never tell anyone about her. Guess what happens? Yeah, something happens <laughs> later. There's Hoichi the Earless. Hoichi is a blind musician living in a monastery who sings so well that a ghostly imperial court commands him to perform the epic ballad of their death battle for them over and over again. But the ghosts are draining away his life, and the monks set out to protect him by writing a holy mantra over his body to make him invisible to the ghosts. Oh, okay. However, they may have forgotten something. Something important. Uh, they didn't cast a spell on his on his schlong, and so <laughs> you can see that one part of his body? That sounds like something that would happen in 1964. <laughs> Uh, and the last one, in a cup of tea, a writer tells the story of a man who keeps seeing a mysterious face reflected in his cup of tea. It's really, it's, you know, it's, it's 1964. Yeah. So it's a slow burn kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. There's Which a lot of ambiance. stories, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works really good. I, I liked everything about it. I know that movie and I've heard nothing but good things about it. I would it's recommend been, it. It's been on my list. What was the name again? Quaidon. Quaidon. Or A-W-A-I-D-A-N. It's just translated okay. to ghost story. I watched The Frighteners 
mm-hmm. which I I Stewie loves that movie. I'd seen it before and remembered going, yeah, that was better than I thought. And then when I watched it uh, last night, I was watching it and the credits are going and it says produced by Peter Jackson. I was like, oh, Peter Jackson. Written by Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh. And I'm like, oh, Peter Jackson. Directed by Peter Jackson. Oh, this is a Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> what oh, gives it makes away? Sense. Yeah. You, uh, you know what Frighteners is. Frighteners is the movie that allowed Peter Jackson to set up Weta. Right. Which I allowed know him to then launch, because at the time he was even then starting to try to get bigger special right. effects stuff going. Yeah, it's a massive special effects movie. So uh, what it's about I is- saw it in the theaters and was- like really surprisingly enjoyed it. Like I, I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. A lot of people here's the here's the problem. I'm not I when I see trailers now on television, I go see a, a movie and the trailers do not present the right case right. of what the movie is. Mm-hmm. I call it the frighteners effect because I remember mm. the trailers. When the trailers came out, all the trailers were it's a wacky Michael J. Fox comedy. Mm-hmm. You liked him on TV where he's wacky and funny. Here's a wacky, funny ghost. You remember right. Ghostbusters? Wacky, funny. And it's not. It is no. a black comedy. Yes. Yeah. Through and through. Yeah, it's funny, but it's a, yeah, you're right. It's so a black. So people either saw the thing and who would be interested that in a, a black comedy. That wasn't the... Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's twofold. People either who would enjoy a really dark kind of ghost story comedy kind of thing thought it's a wacky Michael J. Fox movie and didn't go or in the first nights people went thinking it's a wacky Michael J. Fox movie and then word of mouth was it sucked it wasn't a wacky Michael J. Fox ghost and it really did kind of at the box office it wasn't a flop but it wasn't a huge hit it It was a 30 million dollar movie and it made about 30 million yeah the big Mm -hmm. big thing that came out of it is it let Jackson set up Weta so he got what he wanted Right, but the thing is, is it's now slowly kind of getting a cult status because it is an a really, really good it movie. Is, it is a good movie. It is. I was really, really impressed. The effects still totally hold up. Uh, they still look like effects, but not cheesy. Like this was nineteen ninety six. So the movie is about Michael J. Fox plays an architect who was in an accident and he gains the ability to see the dead. His wife died in that accident, mm-hmm. and he kind of gives up on life and becomes a psychic detective where he goes and is kind of like a ghostbuster, except he's a total con man because he has the ghosts that he can see and talk to working with him to create the disturbances that he then goes in yeah, and quote the, unquote the ghost fixes. Kinda, the ghosts kind of seem to get off on the fact they can talk to somebody in the live world. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So I, I I mean, there's that one scene where he's like walking through the cemetery and every, all these ghosts start to like, oh, you gotta, you gotta help me. You gotta tell somebody about that. Except for Arlie Ermy. Yeah, playing playing himself or playing the Arlie Ermy character. Yeah, what is your major malfunction? <laughs> this cemetery is not for you. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. There's actually some kind of nifty little twists, uh, and, turns. twists and turns yeah. going on. Some really spooky stuff. Uh, a possible serial killer. Uh, yeah, odds are you haven't seen it, and you should. If you haven't seen it, you really should. It's a lot of fun. It's quite well done. It's it. It's not stupid. That's the thing. You kind of, you see the Frighteners and no matter if you see the goofy, funny uh, commercial for it, or even if I talk about it, you're like, eh, it's probably kind of dumb, but a guy working with ghosts and stuff. It's not. It's like really well done. Let me just say, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson. That tells you you should go see this. Uh, D. Wallace Stone. Cujo's D. Wallace Stone is the troubled woman. Oh, okay. Again, without giving much away. Right. Right. Jeffrey uh, Combs. Jeffrey Combs is Jeffrey in Combs it. is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. He wore black contact lenses and a Hitler hairstyle for his role as FBI agent. Oh, it was, it was like oh. super Hitler haircut because he, yeah. he shaved up the sides. Yeah. He still had that weird little Hitler yeah. top swoosh. Two, but two, two, two favorite lines of the movie are both uh, uh, Combs lines. Can you guess what they are? Oh, I don't remember. 
my body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> and then the other one is like, Sheriff, you're invading my territorial bubble. <laughs> He's so good in it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Michael J. Fox puts in a really good performance. Uh, I looked it up. He actually had been diagnosed with Parkinson's five years prior. Yeah. Uh-huh. He did not go public until two years after this, and this was his last major motion picture. I actually watched Ghost as well. The Patrick oh. Swayze vehicle. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore. Hey, it was just as much a Demi Moore vehicle as a Patrick Swayze vehicle. That's, I, I agree. I remember it being this sappy, overly romantic, chick flick type movie. And it's I, not. It's, it's this not. fantastic idea about a guy who dies and his ghost protects a bar. Awesome. No, that's no, Roadhouse. No. That's, <laughs> I may be conflating Swayze that's, movies. No, that's Roadhouse. That's, yeah, he dies because he got his throat ripped out. No. Uh, <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> He he dies and then finds out that he was murdered and that they're going to possibly endanger his wife. So he finally finds out that Whoopi Goldberg, who's a, a fake medium, can mm-hmm. still hear him. So he tries to use her to warn his wife and a whole bunch of stuff happens. Uh, it's, it's really quite good. My only complaint is Swayze is generally good, except he's got these few reaction shots where they just point the camera at him when he's looking at something terrible or horrible happening. And it's brutal. Like it's, uh, I think he thinks that they're filming him from a hundred feet back instead of uh, a close-up shot because he's just completely overdoing it most of the time. Mugging. Is this when he's looking he's at the dark shadows? Yeah, there's that. The dark shadows. There's other Are things. Are these like other evil ghosts or? Right. So when in this movie, when you die, you pop out of your body. I guess they didn't. This was a 1990. They don't didn't have much in the way of effects. There's a few effects, but used very yeah. sparingly and quite well actually. But he just looks like him. As a matter of fact, when he gets killed, he goes running after the guy. There's a really great uh, scene shot where he's shot off camera and then you see the guy who shot him run and he goes running after him. Yeah. And then you hear, uh, he stops and gives up because the guy's getting away and he turns around and you can hear Demi Moore's character sobbing and she's like, going, <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, that shot hit her. And then he goes back and he's standing over her and gives one of those bad reactions. But then the camera pans down and she's holding his blood covered body. Yeah. That's why she's sobbing. I cannot give this movie a thumbs up and I'll tell you why. Okay. I respect the process of pottery too much. <laughs> Pottery. <laughs> she never finishes anything. <laughs> it's always start the turn, and then he can't comes and mucks it up, or yeah. she, or later she's when sad. They get in there and they dig their hands in. It gets all like sexy time on the Potter's wheel. That's it. I gotta say, <laughs> I'm done. You and Pottery have a platonic relationship. Yeah, and you I respect so really, the sanctity of my Potter. See, if you somebody had said, "Guess what Kevin didn't like about this movie?" <laughs> I would have said it was the inferred lesbian possessed kiss between Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. That was really weird. I really wanted to know if they filmed that twice. Once, so in it, Swayze possesses Whoopi Goldberg's body in order to say goodbye to his wife. I can't have, remember have what the whole have one last his... goodbye. Uh-huh. And, and I don't unfortunately think it counts, they they chicken out because the camera pans to Demi Moore and then back, and it's not Whoopi Goldberg; it's Patrick it's, Swayze. It's that old. It's that old thing of showing that she's possessed by swapping her out and putting him in. Right. And yeah, uh, I hope I hope against hope that they decided let's do both Whoopi doing it and right. Patrick doing it. We'll choose which one we'll use in the end, and that somewhere there's a d- deleted scene. Yeah, it's offset though by one really great scene, which is uh, it very. Uh, it's like the short version of Sixth Sense. 
where we go to Whoopi's uh, medium place right. and you see all these people and she's talking to them and arguing with them. And finally, she's yeah. like, shut up and get out of here. And they all stand up and walk through the walls. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they were all ghosts all in a while. Was- yeah. Patrick Swayze opened the floodgates. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I, really I, I often wonder sometimes if Shyamalan didn't look at that one two-minute scene and go, I can make, make a, whole a whole movie, movie out, out of that. that. Yeah, I see a lot of what's in Ghost actually having inspired other movies, yeah. certainly Frighteners, yes. because the can speak to ghosts and also as a con man is totally Michael J. Fox's character. Yeah. And that's Whoopi Goldberg's and character. And that's Whoopi Goldberg's character. Yeah. Whoopi plus, plus won the, the Oscar movie. for that part. I don't yeah. know if she deserved it, but she's very good. Mm-hmm. In the comics, Elephantum from the World Wildlife Federation of Justice. Who came up with that one? <laughs> I don't know. Was it you? No. Oh, uh, I'm going to say I it was me. Really meant it was, it's just one of your characters. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but he is the arch nemesis of your character, Gorilla. Gorilla, that's true. Yeah. Oh. And he was like some kind of a weird uh, psychic investigator, inventor guy, and something went horribly wrong. And now, did he die? Did he just turn into a weird incorporeal thing? Nobody knows. He's Elephantum. Mm-hmm. He's I, like I a steampunk. Weirdo. Steampunk weirdo. Yeah. I always thought he was kind of like an elephant Mysterio, but maybe I, I misunderstood. Well, I haven't really written much about him yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe will be. And then in DC Comics, you have the Gentleman Ghost. Yes. Oh? Jewel Thief. Uh, thief extraordinaire. Something Craddock? Yeah. Remember his name. Oh. First appeared in Flash Comics in 1947. He's a great one. And actually, he showed up in recent years in the DC, various DC, like the the last Batman series. Oh yeah, he was. He's uh, been in. Universe, yeah. He's been in all new Super Friends Hour. He's been in Justice League Unlimited, Batman: yeah. Brave and the Bold. He's a so does he just speak uppity? Drink to try and drink tea, and it like pours out he's the bottom of him. He's got like a cane him, and like, a monocle a and a monocle top hat and, top and everything. Hat, he's just invisible. It's mm. fantastic. All right. <laughs> he's like a gentleman's gentleman's clothes ghost. Yes. Yeah. He's a bit of a chap. There's also Dead Man. Indeed, there is. Yes. Is he a ghost? Yeah, he was yep. a Austin circus Brand. trapeze artist uh-huh. who performed under the name Dead Man, a stage persona, including a red costume and white corpse makeup. A little foreshadowing. Yeah, and then he's murdered during a trapeze performance by a mysterious assailant known only as the Hook. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got the power to possess people, basically. Yeah. And he was also in uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold and in a Justice League Unlimited. And he's now a member in the comics. I don't know. Have you been reading Justice League Justice Dark? Justice League Dark, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I have, actually. It's pretty good. Oh. Is it similar to some the, like Playboy After Dark? <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually, uh, Zatanna's there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah very, very go. close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new, and we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We. Will to 
Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while he was receiving maggot therapy. To comment on episodes, make a donation, see show notes, links, and videos, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. 